in at the 247th slot on the NFL podcast rankings, the Detroit Lions select the Hen L Sports Podcast. And as you guys can now imagine, we will be doing our 2020 NFL mock draft first 10 picks. I know this has been very highly anticipated and a lot of you guys have been waiting for this. So let's get... Before we even start with that, let's get into our recap of the national championship game. What were your thoughts, Elliot? So, we obviously saw the LSU Tigers beating the Clemson Tigers. And Trevor Lawrence's first loss as a college football quarterback. Yeah, very shocking there. I wouldn't say shocking, but it's just different to see Trevor Lawrence lose because you haven't seen him lose ever. And especially after how he performed last year and the national championship game, you didn't expect that type of performance from him. And it's not really surprising because they were the underdog. And as we both agree, we kind of thought LSU's offense kind of overpowered the great Clemson defense. And that kind of just was the moral of the game. Yeah, I would say that. Um, it started out a little bad offensively for both teams. Nobody could really score in the first quarter. But then... In at the end, towards the end of the first quarter, Joe Burrow finally got started to hit Jamar Chase for a fifty-one yard touchdown, and that really was how LSU was able to score all game with big plays. And Clemson just couldn't guard Chase Jefferson, Thaddeus Moss, and um, Terrence Marshall downfield. And we, I think we can both agree that the. Um, the two quarterbacks that were played in that game, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, they kind of have a similar play style, kind of like long field or like short slant, but then they can also take off with their legs. Yeah, definitely. They're also quite possibly maybe the next two number one overall picks in the NFL draft, barring Joe Burrow makes any stupid decisions or Trevor Lawrence does or Justin Fields plays super, like, like insane next year where he becomes the number one overall pick. But right there in that game, you might have had the next two number one overall picks. Number one overall picks. Yeah, number one overall picks, my fault. And I feel like every NFL GM would love to have one of these guys on their team, either to play as a starter or learn behind one of the best. It's just someone great to have, someone young and experience for how young they are yeah definitely they're two of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in college football for a while and I don't know when we're gonna see quarterbacks like this in the next few years although there is another quarterback that of course Alabama got Bryce Young who could be um a very good quarterback for years to come but we'll get into college football recruiting and next year picks in another podcast. But let's get into our um, 2020 top 10 picks for predictions or what we want to happen for the NFL draft. So, Elliot, would you like to start? And with the number one overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. Yes, everyone saw this coming. You're probably thinking, oh, why didn't you make like a oh, – like a – Risky, no, none of that. Joe Burrow is going to be the number one overall pick. I think I'm pretty confidently saying that. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Joe Burrow will be the number one overall pick come April. And um, barring he does anything stupid or gets hurt, he 
will be making more money before he even gets drafted because he's going to have all these shoe companies and other things fighting over him for endorsements. But on to the number two overall pick, I I believe that the Washington Redskins will select Chase Young. Chase Young is the best outside pass rusher in this draft by far. And he's the best defensive player in this draft. Yes, best defensive player in this draft. And he's a, the type of edge rusher that all teams are looking for. And the Redskins definitely need some help on defense. And he would be that key piece on defense to build around. Um, you could also make cases here for um, the Derek Brown from Auburn or Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. If they want it. If they wanted to trade down, trade down, but but that's very yeah. unlikely. But both very good, experienced, young, um, defensive front seven players, and but I don't think they're really looking for like a defensive tackle like Derek Brown. I think they're looking for an edge rusher like Chase Young, and I think this draft they will definitely improve their try to improve their defense because. Their offense is very young and will improve with their defense. Yeah. Like, like their quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, and Terry McLaurin as their probably number one target going into the 2020-2021 season. Yeah, let's get on to the next pick. With the third overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I do have the Lions selecting Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Although in most mock drafts, I have seen Jeff Okuda getting picked. But right now, we still have Darius Slay. We have a bunch of all your young corners. And linebacking um, was one of our biggest problems on the defensive side of the ball. We had a very, very good defensive line. The secondary was bad, but the linebacking core definitely had a big issue, especially in the middle. And I think he's a very good cover linebacker and can also... Uh, get in there and get a few sacks. I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Again, this is not what we think will happen. This is what we want to happen. But I just saw a little clip of um, Isaiah Simmons running with Travis Etienne. It's pretty crazy because, what, Travis Etienne can probably one, run like a 4-5, would you say? He can run a 4-4, four, 4-3. Four, four, He's maybe – I mean, when he gets going, he can pro- probably would have been – probably was the fastest running back in college football last year. Right, and we saw Isaiah Simmons right there in a race with him. And do you think if Isaiah Simmons has a really good NFL draft combine and um, scouting day, do you think he could jump to number two? Uh, I highly doubt it because Chase Young and Joe Burrow happen to be just so far ahead of the pack. but With so much potential on their name, even. I... I just think that three's his limit, but if he, but if he has a bad combine, he can slip all the way out of the top ten, as well. Right, but shall we go to our number four pick? Yeah, why don't you start? So number four, our fourth pick is different from each other for the first time out of these top four. I have Derek Brown out of Auburn going to what team, Henry? Uh, the New York Giants. Yeah, it's. There's a lot of teams with like a three twelve and one or like four and twelve. I forget. But anyway, Derek Brown has shown he has so much potential. If he turns some of his weight into muscle, 
He could be kind of like the next Dominican Sue or Aaron Donald or yeah, but I I mean I think if he increases his speed a little bit, he'll be good to go. I think I I do agree with you in some ways, but I think if Jeff Okuda, the best cornerback, best defensive back in this draft, falls all the way to four, I don't think there's any way the Giants are going to pass on him because he's just that generational cornerback that you don't see very often. And I think he's just going to be too hard to pass on if he's still there at four. I have Jeff Okuda down on my list, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But... Number five, do we have the same one here? Tua Tagovailoa? Uh, yes, we do. Tua, before this year, was obviously the consensus number one overall pick, but he did get in a lot of, he did have a lot of in, injury problems this year, and Joe Burrow just had a spectacular season, and um, number five is not bad. I can tell you that, but Tua has just been hurt too much for him to go probably anywhere above this. And none of these teams really need a quarterback besides the Bengals. Unless somebody were to trade up higher than five, I think this is Tua's peak. But Tua is definitely could be the best quarterback in this draft in 10 years. But he's just too big of a risk on to take it one right now. And let's talk a little bit about the fit that Tua's going into. He had He's going into a season where most likely he won't play in. He's going to sit and get mentored by a good, experienced veteran quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Miami Dolphins have shown that they know how to win some games going coming down the stretch. Yeah, I do think actually he might actually play this year. I don't know. I think he's, he's he should be fine because a lot of people are saying he might even be able to participate somewhat in the combine. But no. I'm not I'm not sure – if he's going to be able to, if they're going to want him to play after all these injuries anyways, and maybe just have him sit a year behind Ryan Fitzpatrick anyways. Because after they saw what happened with um, Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they could be two years away from, three years away from making the Super Bowl. Right. And they have a very young team all around them with a good blocking and receiving tight end in Mike Gillespie out of Penn State from, like, the 2017 draft class, and um, their running back Patrick Lard or Laird is pretty young, and he'll, they'll improve. Devontae Parker, already very experienced wide receiver, to pass him the ball to. I don't know if he'll be in on uh, in a Miami Dolphins uniform when to a plays, but we'll have to see. That's in the time to come. But at our number six pick, Henry, would you like to introduce who you have? Uh, yeah, this one's maybe a little controversial, but I do have Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon, going to the Chargers at number six. Although the Chargers do have Phillip Rivers, but there's been rumors of Tom Brady even going to L.A. to play his last year or two. But I do think that Justin Herbert is also a very talented quarterback, very big, good decision-maker, very smart guy who the Chargers are going to want as their franchise quarterback because they like those big, strong... Maybe he doesn't have the anchor, hopefully, of Phillip Rivers, but he's a big, strong guy who has a really good arm, and the Chargers are definitely going to like that from him. That isn't my pick, but now that I'm hearing about it, I really like it even more because... 
he also, like Burrow and um, Trevor Lawrence, who we were talking about earlier, he has the ability to use his legs and to be elusive in open field. But my sixth, my sixth pick of the 2020 NFL Draft is AJ Epinesa out of Iowa. And reason why I have this is because I believe I believe in those rumors that Tom Brady will be going to Los Angeles to play in a large to play in the new stadium to get um new to get like the Chargers fans like more money kind of like not Chargers fans but the Chargers organization. But anyway, I think if Tom Brady goes, he's going to need some protection on the offensive line, and A.J. Epinesa does that. A.J. Epinesa is a defensive lineman, Elliot. You sure? I'm 100% sure. Well, pardon that interruption here where Elliot didn't know who we, what position this player played, but let's move on to the next pick. So at number seven, I do have the Panthers taking Derek Brown out of Auburn, as Elliot had him a lot higher. I think he had him going to the Giants at four. I just think that the players ahead of him are just fit better with their teams. and But he's definitely the second-best defensive lineman on or in this draft, and he should be um, a top-ten pick for sure. But he's also a really good pass rusher. From the defensive line, defensive tackle spot, which is hard to do nowadays, usually they're run stoppers, but he's definitely a good pass rusher. And he's a type of big guy like uh, Nadamik and Sue, maybe even Aaron Donald. So, Elliot, who do you have at number seven? Before I go to number seven, I just want to clear up. And number six, my mistake here, I did not, I thought AJ Epinesa was a. Offensive lineman, I'm so sorry, but but who I had at 11, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC, who I thought um, AJ Epinesa would be like. I'm gonna put him at the number six actually because of his ability to protect the quarterback. But are we on number seven? Yes. So with the seventh pick, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting. I have them selecting Justin Herbert here because their quarterback situation is self-explanatory. Let's say that. Cam Newton, who knows where he'll be going. Um, they, We don't really think they have a bright future in Allen, do we? No. No, not at all? No. And Will Greer, what is he, fifth-round pick? Do we have a future in him? Possibly, but I think Herbert's definitely the better guy. And Will Greer in college, when he transferred to West Virginia, only transferred because of problems he had. So I just don't think he's the right fit there. So I have them taking. <laughs> I have them taking Justin Herbert, and I think that is a great selection for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I would kind of agree with that now that you say it. Because also when you think about it, Matt Rule's going to want probably a new quarterback to start his franchise as the head coach. And Justin Herbert's that 
big, strong guy that he liked to have with uh, yeah. Charlie Brewer at Baylor. Yeah, and um, their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, the quarterback coach at LSU who developed Joe Burrow, is going to want a new guy. Yeah, and on to number eight, I do have the Cardinals taking the first wide receiver running back out of this draft, Jerry Judy. Um, Kyler Murray is leaning on older receivers that are not as talented as they used to be, like Larry Fitzgerald. And they they need a new receiver. They need a new number one receiver, and it's kind of self-explanatory, as I believe that Jerry Judy is the best wide receiver in this class, and sh- and the Cardinals need another deep threat. I very, very, very strongly disagree with you here. This is the first time in a while I've had this. I do actually see very bright futures in Cardinals wide receivers, whether it's Kristen Kirk, Andy Isabella, etc. You need to protect your 5'9", slimsy, talented, high-potential quarterback, number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. And that's why I have them taking Andrew Thomas with the eighth pick in the 2020 draft. I don't know why you think that they need another wide receiver. They have three really bright running backs in David Johnson, who can still improve, Kenyon Drake, and um, Chase. So I, I just don't know why you're thinking skill position here. Can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, Christian Kirk is not that type of deep throw. He's kind of like a Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's more of a slot receiver, and Jerry Judy is that deep threat that they need, and they don't have it. I mean, Andy Isabella is more of a Julian Edelman type guy. Wes Welker, if any of you old people remember him. And um, they need to get another deep threat. Or not another, a new deep threat in Jerry Judy, who's going to be very young, and they they're not going to have to worry about an offensive line if Jerry Judy's able to get open like he has. He's the best route runner we that the NFL seen in a long time coming out of height or college. But you don't think that protecting your quarterback is more important than a good route runner? Like you can't trade up to get trade up from the second round into the first round to get like a LaVisca Chenault from Colorado or Henry Ruggs from Alabama or like T Higgins even from Clemson. He's a pretty good route runner. An offensive, an offensive lineman doesn't develop as quickly as a wide receiver. So if they're better off trying to trade for one from another team or draft one later, because there's not much difference between a first round and a second round type of own lineman. But do you really think Kyler Murray in that young offense with a developing head coach and Cliff Kingsbury is really going to want to um, compete right now? Yes. You think they're going to? You think? Do you every, think they're going to? Every team compete? wants to compete to win a championship. That's how the NFL do works. Think, do you think they have a great chance of winning the Super Bowl with a very young, inexperienced? team that's going to develop into an experienced team. It's not their offense that's the problem. It's the it's their defense. Their defense is allowing whatever 35 points per game and if they can cut that down then they should be 
in a much better place next year to even possibly make the playoffs as a wild card. Okay, but even that, then why why are they taking a skill position? Because in the type of they're going to be playing in the NFC is has a lot more dome stadiums, so they're not going to be worrying about weather. So in that case, they're going to need a deep threat to make plays in those big wild card games. Not an offensive lineman to stand there and block when Kyler Murray can outrun most of these guys. Yeah, but like like we saw in Week 16, when the Arizona Cardinals actually beat the um the they beat the Seattle Seahawks. We had to see Kyler Murray come out of the game because he was running too much and he got sacked. And I just think they need more protection. I don't really want to hear so much. I just don't think that's such a good pick by you. But anyway, I can't get over that pick. Sorry, guys. It's just... But anyway, ninth pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. I have Jeffrey Okuda falling all the way down. Yeah. And I'm going to... I'm not going to strongly disagree with that, but I just think... As I said before, Jeff Okuda is too hard to pass up at these other places. And I believe that they will take Andrew Thomas, who you had going at number eight, because the the o, Jacksonville O-line, they have a very, very, very talented running back in Leonard Fournette. Getting them a strong place to run at on the left side of the offensive line changes the whole dynamic of their team. They can run the ball 30, 35 times a game at that spot at that place because Leonard Fournette's so talented. He's still putting up huge numbers even without a good offensive line, and that changes the whole dynamic if, if they're able to get a good offensive line. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you hard, but hardly, I should say. But anyway, um, why had Andrew Thomas going higher is because I just thought other teams needed that position that were ahead of the draft. And Jeffrey Okuda not going all the way up because I don't think any of these teams were, like, lacking, oh, my God, we need secondary players. Oh, no, we're losing because of our secondary as much as, like, front seven or offensive linemen. But I'm just going to explain this a little bit more. Jacksonville Jaguars, as you know, have so much draft capital because they traded away their star Cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams, and they will have a top. They will have a top twelve pick in the draft, or top fifteen pick anyway. But from the uh, scratch, that they have their pick, and they have picks to come for years, for years to come, and probably second and third round picks. I'm not so into that trade because I didn't love it necessarily, but. Yeah, definitely I would agree with that. He's um a very, very good cornerback. I just think he's better than you're giving him credit for as he basically – he should have basically – Ohio State should have been in the national championship game if it weren't for a blown call, but we don't need to talk about that right now. Um, I think we should move on to the 10th pick, Elliot. Who do you have going there? So here's where I have Gary Judy, and – as you guys can probably already tell, I don't like drafting wide receivers in the top what top top fifteen. But but Cleveland Browns are drafting here, expecting no trades, and 
they need, here's who they need. They have Jarvis Landry in the slot, OBJ next to him. And then they have a good wide receiver, or getting a good wide receiver here, Jerry Judy, would allow that deep threat. Yeah, you could say Odell Beckham's a deep threat, but I mean running past someone, just straight fly, and I think Jerry Judy does that perfectly. And I don't know, they don't really need a better secondary because they have Ward, who they drafted in the 2018 draft top five. Yeah, I'm going to disagree here because, here because um, they don't need necessarily a wide receiver. They need they don't need anything. They're stacked everywhere. They just need to figure this up themselves out as a team and add another offensive lineman so they don't have 40 sacks this, next year. Yeah, and I see where you're going with this, but... Baker Mayfield sacks 2.5, 2.5 times a game approximately, doing the math a little bit. And most of that, in my opinion, is not is not being smart enough to get the ball out of his hand quick enough if it's either not having enough options or, you know, just not thinking about it or not knowing the plays. But with a new system, with a new head coach, and... Can we just do a little bit? Why Why would they hire the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator as the head coach? Yeah, I think they have no reason to do that because their offense was nothing special, and that's why I don't think they're going to go the with The Vikings her. offense. The Vikings yeah. offense. I don't think they're going to go wide receiver here just because of that reason. He doesn't think that they need more than two good wide receivers as they you saw in Minnesota. They had Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. So I just think that's that's just my opinion on the whole situation there. And um, is that it? Do you think that's it for us today, Elliot? Yeah, but I feel like next time we should do a little bit more of, like, the people that we believe that could go later rounds that could, you know, have a little spark in the league. Yeah, definitely. So we want to thank all of you guys for watching. And if you guys have any comments, feel free to tell us. And we'll see you guys next time on the Hen L Sports Podcast.